Hi, this is Bob Gruen, rock and roll photographer from New York, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. Pantheon Podcast presents Deeper Digs with host and rock and roll archaeologist Christian Swain. Music, culture, technology, and rock and roll. Now, with the show. You who are on the road must have a code that you can live by. And so become yourself because the past is just a goodbye. A little Graham Nash for you that uh, you'll understand in a bit. Okay. Hey, Christian Swain here, the rock and roll archaeologist with another edition of Deeper Digs. Um, And it's been a while. Um, in fact, it's been about three months uh, since we've had a Deeper Digs out. Uh, the first question you diggers might have is, why? Well, I don't know. A- at first, uh, as, as the year uh, was coming to an end, I, I put uh, an episode out, uh, I think just after Christmas. And, um, you know, was just assuming I'd come back the 1st of January. Uh, and I don't know. Um, a lot happened. <laughs> Uh, a lot happened, uh, in the world. Uh, you know, um, I think January 6th was, uh, pretty, uh, consequential. Um, I think a lot of January was consequential. I wasn't sure where things were going, what was going to happen. Um, but besides that, I've been busy on so many other things, um, with Pantheon podcasts, of course. Um, we uh, we've been focusing on the the business side of of taking these seventy um, podcasts in the network and trying to you know do something with with all of this uh, as as a business um, and that takes up a lot of time and has taken up a lot of my time uh, in the last three months and so you know I've asked myself well really you know, where's the best use of my time? Is it making deeper digs or, you know, is it uh, focusing on the work uh, of others? And and plus, I've been producing a bunch of stuff as well. Um, Again, that takes up a lot of my time. Uh, There are uh, three uh, projects that I'm working on, hopefully will be released soon. Uh, And, uh, you know, maybe that's a a place that uh, better suits me. You know, something else is, um, I'm not the only interviewer on the network. to be honest with you, we've added some new ones uh, recently, and um, geez, I, 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 they're so much better than me. Um, uh, they take it uh, in a different level um, uh, than I do, and uh, I just don't know, you know, how important a interview show is. Uh, at my skill level, uh, might be the way to put it. Um, uh, you know, I listened to, uh, some of the other folks on, uh, on our network, uh, and, uh, you know, they're just so much better at it than I am. And I appreciate that. And I really love listening to them more so than listening to myself. I think that has something to do with it. So I don't know where this is going to go, to be honest with you. I'm torn, uh, obviously. Um, uh, I like doing the deeper digs. I, I certainly like the interview side, but you know, just just so you know how this works, uh, you know, I get an opportunity to interview somebody, and I do a, an extensive amount of research. Uh, you know, if it's a book, I got to read the whole book, and I literally do read the whole book. Then I need to research that. Uh, I need to, you know, you know, I, I probably spend about. 
you know, average four hours, maybe five hours of research uh, on each deeper digs a week if I do this weekly. And uh, and then um, uh, I do the interview, which is always fun and great. I really enjoy that. And then I've got to kind of put this intro and outro together. Uh, and um, maybe maybe that's part of the problem is, uh, you know, I, I, I want to do something different. I want to, you know, you know, give a little bit of background on what's going on at Pantheon. And at the same time, um, uh, you know, give you guys something to think about. Um, uh, and I usually do that in the outros. Um, uh, you know, the middle part's easy. I mean, uh, you know, a, a, a quick breakdown of who we're going to interview, what they've done, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, maybe I can do it a little bit more like um, uh, Terry Gross and uh, uh, Fresh Air, and uh, you know, which is like, uh, you know, it, it's about a minute and a half, two minutes of uh, background, and then boom, into the interview. Um, so they're, they're, I'm thinking about a lot of things. And I have another idea for a show, um, which maybe would be better suited uh, than than this. Um, and I've been spending a lot of time on Clubhouse. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Uh, it is a great place to meet uh, folks. Uh, in fact, we've met some really, really interesting people. Uh, stay close to the Pantheon News. Uh, look at the website and you'll see some of the interesting people that we met. Some have turned into some podcasts that we've added to the network. Some have turned into some advisors uh, on the business side for us. Um, so a, a lot of exciting things. And, you know, again, um, it's a question of, uh, 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 hours in the day, uh, and it's all finite and, you know, maybe I should spend my time producing, uh, other work, um, uh, you know, definitely rock and roll archeology span that's not going away. Uh, and, um, and, uh, and maybe let the interviewing side of things go to, to other people. But you, you let me know, um, you know, uh, what, uh, what that uh, means. I do have a few um, shows still in the can that I will be putting out. I'm going to put them out here fairly quickly uh, after this show. I was brought back specifically for this show. Uh, and um, it, it was a worthy uh, cause, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I do have a, a couple of these shows in the can. One is with Steve Hackett, um, who I recorded with uh, in uh, in December. And then uh, Steve Postel, uh, which would finish off the immediate family interviews uh, that I've been uh, doing as a series um, over the last um, six or eight months. So... Um, with that, yeah, keep everything in mind. I don't know where this is going to go. Um, love to hear from you guys. If uh, you know, if you have feelings on it, uh, you know, you can, uh, uh, you know, contact me at Twitter, uh, which is Swain underscore Christian. Um, you can get a hold of me at uh, Rock and Roll Archaeology Project uh, dot com. Um, uh, you know, you can get a hold of us on Facebook, um, uh, at Pantheon, uh, or my Facebook site, Christian Swain. Uh, you know, but let me know what you guys think. Um, uh, you know, uh, the show does okay, uh, numbers wise. Um, it's not that, um, but you know, at the same time, um, you know, maybe I should be doing something and different. Like I said, I got this other idea. So we'll see where it goes. But for now, let's get on with the show today. This is going to be fun and exciting. And um, I really hope you guys pay attention because this is this is something special. All right, let's do it. You, who are on the road, must have a code that you can live by. And so become yourself. 
Because the past is just a goodbye. Teach your children well. Their father's hell did slowly go by. And feed them on your dreams. The one they picked. The one you know by. Don't you ever ask them why. If they told you you would cry. So just look at them and sigh. And know they love you. So today's a great way to come back after three months off. Um, today we have co-founder and chairwoman of an amazing organization called Realm of Caring. Uh, her name is uh, Heather Jackson. On April 7th, uh, 2021, Realm of Caring will be hosting an event to honor the one-year anniversary of the passing of Charlotte Figge. It's assumed that she died of COVID, but because it was so early in the pandemic, um, there was no testing, so no one's absolutely sure. But the, the long and short is that Charlotte had a pretty serious pre-existing condition. She had a catastrophic form of epilepsy that would cause um, up to 300 seizures a week. Yeah, 300 seizures a week. To, to say this was um, debilitating would be an understatement. Of course, her family did all they could. Uh, they took her to all the doctors in the hopes that someone would have a treatment to minimize these uh, constant seizures. Unfortunately, modern medicine wasn't much help uh, for her. So her parents decided to do something drastic. They moved to Colorado in 2012 to try something that was illegal in their home state, but recently legal in Colorado. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. 
Now, Charlotte was a special girl, and her parents, Matt and Paige, would do anything if there was a chance to make Charlotte's life easier. Some of you may know uh, and have heard of the CBD strain, Charlotte's Web, which was created in her honor because CBD helped Charlotte live a more fruitful life by limiting these seizures. How much? About 90% better. Now, that sounds pretty incredible. Cannabis use and the legality of the plant has changed quite a bit over the last decade. Uh, Something long overdue uh, for a variety of reasons, if you ask me. Uh, First made illegal in 1937, Uh, as many of you know, uh, a villain named Henry Aslinger, uh, the first head of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, made that happen for questionable, at best, reasons. And then in 1970, cannabis was made a Schedule I drug, meaning the drug is not safe to use even under medical supervision all in the name of the 50-plus-year war on drugs. Uh, How's that going, by the way? If you've ever tried cannabis, (laughs) I can hear you laughing. Now, cannabinols, or CBD, is the non-intoxicating, having little or none of the chemical THC, the actual psychoactive component to the plant. And while there is a lot of research still to do to test the actual efficacy of CBD in relation to the treatment of certain medical conditions, for Charlotte Figi and many other kids like her, it was something of a miracle drug. Like I said, taking CBDs improved her severe condition by 90%, from 300 seizures a week to two or three a month. All I know is that if it was my kid uh, and it worked, uh, damn the feds and their misunderstanding of the plant. Enter Dr. Sanjay Gupta in 2013, who was producing a documentary on CNN called Weed. In it, he followed the history and current science of the plant. And he was a skeptic. In 2009, he wrote a Time Magazine article titled, Why I Would Vote No on Pot. But through diving deep into the subject with this documentary, he came to a more reasoned, as he put it, conclusion. Basically, that we've all been lied to when it comes to cannabis for almost a century. Charlotte and her support group were featured prominently in the series. And as a result, she became a hero to those trying to legalize its use, especially for medical use. In fact, Charlotte was the first minor to ever be on the cover of High Times magazine. Heather Jackson became a friend of the family and has a son named Zakiah, who also suffers from epilepsy and has found CBD works for her son as well. Because of this little tribe of desperate parents and a plant that provided them with some sense of a normal life for their kids, they decided to take it to the next level. And that's where Realm of Caring came out of this little tribe. What they try to do is improve lives through research, education, and community. By funding and conducting research, they learn more about cannabis and its effects while legitimizing the therapy. 
Education empowers consumers to select the best products for their individual needs and informs healthcare professionals about options for their patients. Through community, they spread the truth about cannabis and expand access to those in need. On April 7th, 2021, it will be one year since Charlotte left us. But instead of mourning, they are going to celebrate her young life and what she did to help a lot of people. It's called Rock the Rock, found at R-O-C-K-T-H-E. ROC.org. Again, that's Rock the Rock, R O C K T H E R O C.org. Now, get this it's a free virtual concert with some big names, and we here at Pantheon are proud to be a supporter. Mark your calendars right now because it is free, as I said, and it will be fun and it supports a great cause. What's not to love? April 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, you will get performances by the Avid Brothers, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, Jason Mraz, Michael Fronte, Ruthie Foster, Glenn Phillips, Graham Nash, Molly Tuttle, Wesley Schultz of the Lumineers, Sarah Giroz, Corey Glover, The War and Treaty, Johnny Swim, MC Flo, Jeffrey Gaines, Chris Trapper, Nora Brown, Reed Fole, Johnny Helm, and many, many more. So do it, rocktherock.org, R-O-C-K-T-H-E-R-O-C.org, and I'll say that several times. Okay, let's get all the details from Heather, shall we? Diggers, let's hear this incredible story. Here is Heather Jackson. Well, you done done me and you bet I felt it. I tried to beat you, but you so hot that I melted. I fell right through the cracks. Now I'm trying to get back. Before the cool done run out, I'll be giving it my bestest. And nothing's gonna stop me but divine intervention. I reckon it's again my turn to win some or learn some. But I won't hesitate no more, no more. It cannot wait. I'm yours. Welcome to Deeper Digs, Heather Jackson. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me, Christian. Well, we're really excited to talk about uh, Realm of Caring uh, and all that entails. Uh, and Rock the Rock, that's R-O-C-K-T-H-E-R-O-C dot org. Uh, we'll get that out a couple of times for, for people as we're talking about this today. So Great. Um, wow, this, this is a big story, uh, and very timely. Uh, there's, there's going to be a lot to, to discuss, uh, about this as I, as I did some research, uh, on, uh, on realm of caring. So let, let's start there. Let, let's start with, um, realm of caring and, and how that came about. And that'll probably lead us into Charlotte Figge's um, story. 
Sure, absolutely. Uh, Realm of Caring is a nonprofit organization that was established after um, Paige and I. Paige is uh, Charlotte Figgy's mom. Mm -hmm. um, we sh both of our children were in hospice together, and um, and we started using cannabis to to save our kids. So the prognosis was poor. Our children were not expected to live into adulthood. Um, my my own son's seizures started when he was four months old, and by this time he was he was almost ten. So I had been trying to keep him alive for almost a decade, and he would have dozens and hundreds of seizures every day, like for the better part of a decade. Did so he we were, did he mm -hmm. suffer from the same uh, Dravet's syndrome that Charlotte did? No, he has a different, um, what they call early childhood catastrophic epilepsy. It's actually called Pobins, believe it or not. So my son is almost 18. He'll be, he'll be 18 probably when people are listening um, uh, to this. And, um, and so, you know, yeah, he has a different diagnosis that he, we just received a couple of months ago. And so um, he has a, a rare um, genetic mutation. And so we, we thought we had one thing all of these years and we're treating one thing and then just discovered. And this is, it's not uncommon in the, in the world of, of epilepsy. Most of the time they don't know why you're having seizures. So we just received a new diagnosis, but um, it's, it's similar to um, Dravet syndrome, which is what Charlotte has. So yeah, our kids were uh, definitely not doing well. and. Um, and Paige had sourced some, some CBD and her daughter was doing very well. Her seizures were controlled 99%. And so I, it was our hospice counselor who slid over a little piece of paper, Christian, with a few phone numbers on it. And, um, and one of the numbers was uh, the Stanley brothers um, who who created what they now call Charlotte's Web. One of the numbers was Paige, and one of the numbers was the lab, because this, this uh, hospice counselor knew how detail-oriented I was and that I was going to want to know everything there was to know about Before this. you put it in your son's body, you want to know in detail, right? I'm the mom that tracked, I mean, everything, every every single thing, his entire life. I would show up to the doctor's appointments with graphs and charts and these kinds of things. So um, so it was really comforting for me to know that that I could know exactly what I was giving my, my son, exact milligrams, that it didn't have any yucky stuff in it, molds and pesticides or residual solvents or anything like that. And so um, within three months, my son's condition remitted. So going from hundreds of seizures a day to no seizures, uh, within three months. And, you know, Paige and I looked at each other and we just had to, we had to tell the community that we were a part of, first of all, that there's a potential option. Like we didn't know if it was going to work for anyone else, but we felt an extreme sense of responsibility. And that's when Realm of Caring was, was birthed, was after both of our children started feeling a lot better. And we wanted to be able to, to, to share that. Wow, that um, that is a, a I, I I just can't imagine raising a, a child with just constant seizures. Uh, you know, um, uh, and I I don't know your son. So what's his name? His name is Zakai. 
Zakai. I don't know Zakai's story as well as I've learned Charlotte's. It sounds similar, but I know she had up to 300 grand mal seizures a day. That's so um, a week. Um, she had a. Oh, I'm sorry, a week, a week. Yeah. Yeah. And there's lots of different seizure types. So some seizures are very um, short. Some are very um, violent and longer. Um, some just look like a staring spell or a head nod. Um, so my son had six different seizure types. So by the time he was five, he had had 500,000 seizures. And by the time he was nine, when we were introduced to, to cannabis, he had been on 17 pharmaceuticals. So we had just, we, you know, we run the gamut. You, you tried everything, right? Yeah. Including like the shaman, yeah. the, you know, the iridologist, the chiropractor, like if you were going to promise, you know, to help my son, I gave you my money. Like we did everything the doctor said. We did everything the doctor didn't say to do, um, you know, and at this point we were just, you know, trying to reduce his suffering, which was the exact same, you know, exact same pages going through. Yeah. So, you know, then when we started, we started talking about what was happening with our kids. Now at the time, this wasn't hemp. Um, you know, this wasn't being shipped all over the country. Families had to relocate. They had to uh, establish residency in Colorado. They had to move here. They had to get two doctors signatures. It was, and, and our, and our friends, kids were dying. So these, these, um, you know, these families had, had also done everything that they could do. And, you know, when you don't have any other options, it doesn't make this one so far-fetched. Now, back then, you know, no one had heard of CBD. You, you know, they couldn't pronounce cannabidiol. Now <laughs> you can drive, you know, stop at the gas station and get some CBD energy shot, you know? So there's... Yeah. Um, I think it's more it's more commonplace now, but back then it definitely wasn't. And so what we did was we were helping families to relocate and we were we began to track data already. Like as the mom who tracked every time her kid pooped and everything that he ate and all the medications and made little charts, I was like, you know, we really have to know what the heck we're doing here so that we can at least help inform families. Cause I was super disappointed as as someone who was like a byproduct of the 80s you know this is your brain on drugs and you know the egg in the frying pan and i had a huge learning curve like i there was a lot that i had i i, I might ask what you know what you're 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 heading that way anyway is uh yeah. you know how, what was your take on drug culture prior sure. to uh, your yeah. son's condition you you had <laughs> nothing none zero you <laughs> yeah, you, like, you actually believed that uh, that egg was your brain on drugs okay <laughs> i wouldn't say i would say that i'm i'm very skeptical of anything that i'm told especially um by like a system right so um you know i i but the established order was that uh absolutely drugs are bad and uh period end of story and I was also a pretty savvy researcher. So I'm the mom that when I put Zakai to bed, would put, you know, put on his pulse ox, which is the little machine that we would know if his heart would stop beating or if he'd stop breathing. And I would research. I'd put that on and I would spend an hour or two every night on PubMed, looking at articles, hepatic failure, what's that? Oh, oh liver failure. Oh, why don't they just call it liver failure? You know? And I would follow the research and I would look everywhere that I could to try and save my boy it was sort of like 
you know, it was my semblance of control. Things were very, very out of control, but it, but it was one thing that I became very good at. And so when, when the hospice counselor slid, slid some phone numbers over and I started to look up cannabidiol CBD, I was sort of shocked at the research that I could find. And specifically in regards to epilepsy, dating back to like 1968, I, you could find a double blind placebo controlled trial. It was small, but it was actually light at the end of a really, really dark tunnel for us. And, and then I started following that and learning more about how it works in the body and that sort of thing. And actually, I, I always am skeptical, but I, I did, you know, found a little bit of hope. And, mm. and then when his condition, and, and it definitely made me feel comfortable to try it. I knew, like, uh, it's virtually non-toxic. I mean, it's less toxic than table sugar. I knew that I was not going to kill my son. And I, I knew that it could potentially provide some improvement in quality of life. And so that was, it wasn't a huge jump for me, but I did it. Cannabis shows up with a lot of baggage, as you know, we all have, you know, we, we, we sort of all have been conditioned that way. So, so we started helping families relocate to Colorado and, um, yeah, and one, of the, one of the first states to allow uh, medical marijuana usage. Exactly. And, um, and tracking that data. So, you know, California had been legalized long before Colorado. And I was really shocked that there wasn't any information like Paige had to start at square one. And, and I did as like sort of the second family. And it was like, why is there not a repository of this information? Why do I have to start at the beginning? And so very early on with the nonprofit, I knew we really needed to collect as much data um, as we could. And mm -hmm. the, that's been, you know, one of the important things that Realm of Caring does is, is conduct research and collect a, a lot of data. We do several things, but that's one of our, it's one of our programs. And um, now we actually have the largest registry in the world that's collecting this naturalistic use of, of cannabis longitudinally means over time, right? That we can have, we have people in there who are not using cannabis, some that um, are using cannabis, and then we can track all of these health outcomes and, and see how people are doing. And that, I mean, we're just a, we're just a couple of moms. So it's, we're just a parent driven organization to start with, but I, but, you know, doctors weren't accepting of this. So I knew we needed some information to get the doctors. I, we needed to be able to publish. So we work with Johns Hopkins to on, on this huge registry. And so, you know, that was a, that was one of our initial um, uh, projects that we knew and it's, it carries on today. Mm -hmm. So uh, for, for our audience, um, uh, kind of give me a 30,000 foot uh, view of what epilepsy is and what we know today. Yeah. So epilepsy is super simple definition. If you have more than one seizure, you're considered to have epilepsy. Um, we have, there are over 3 million um, people in the United States um, that have epilepsy, uh, one in 26. And this is the, the sort of um, really discouraging piece of it is that every 10 and a half minutes, someone dies a seizure related death. And so that, that is really frequent. There's something called SUDEP, sudden unexplained death in epilepsy. Um, there's some, 
there are some increased indicators uh, if you would be more susceptible to that. Like my son meets eight of the 10 elevated risk factors for SUDEP. So it's, you know, that's why when his seizures got very bad and we emergency medications weren't working and those sorts of things, he transitioned in our state of Colorado to hospice, receiving hospice palliative services. So epilepsy can be very um, severe. It can also be, you know, people can function very normally. They can take medication, their seizures can be controlled and and live a, a very um, productive, normal life and mm-hmm. don't have developmental delays and, and that sort of thing. So I, it's, a, it's a spectrum. Here's a quick word from our sponsors. We'll be back in a bit. And now back to the program. It's a spectrum, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, the disease itself is it, um, uh, from my understanding, it's kind of an electrical, electrical impulse disease. Is, is that correct? Yeah. That, that occurs in the brain? Yes. So um, this is how I describe it to kids. I have them walk around the carpet and rub their feet along the carpet and, and give me a little jolt. And I say, sometimes our brain um, has a little bit of extra electrical activity. It's not quite sure what to do with it. And that's when a seizure can develop. So mm. that m- most simply, that's what happens is our, our kids have an electric personality, I say. They just got a little, <laughs> bit, little bit of electrical, extra electrical activity going on. Well, you said you said that uh, uh, your kids had uh, a mutant gene, and my head immediately went to the X-Men. So uh, they're, they're X-Men. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm sure my son's a guy will be very happy to. I'm going to tell him as soon as we get off, Christian, that, that he is a superhero, which yeah, I happen to. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So uh, cannabis uh, and then CBD, they are now able to make strains of of uh, marijuana, uh, which uh, has been a, a, a classified as a uh, stage one, the most severe drug imaginable to all of mankind. Um, what do you think of that? Yes. So, um, yes, cannabis or marijuana is a schedule one drug, which, which by definition, what, what they say that means is there is no documented medical use and there's a very high addiction potential. Really? Um, so, um, and yes, it's the most dangerous. And, really? uh, and so like, I think even, uh, cocaine is a schedule two. And so, yeah, what, we're talking, we're talking heroin, uh, and, uh, other dangerous <laughs> opioids like that and marijuana. Oh no, even, op- even opiates aren't a schedule one. So, um, it's, it's kind of earned this, um, you know, this schedule one, not by any scientific evidence. So that's, that's a, a really important thing I think to mention, because when you, when you look at the what they call the LD50 rating, the lethal dose rating of cannabis, um, <laughs> it is it's really really high. Like you can't consume enough to die. Um, yeah, I, I believe you die of smoke uh, asphyxiation before you <laughs> actually died of cannabis smoke. So. It's it's like you. I think it's like fifty. You'd have to light your house on fire. That was made of cannabis to die of yeah. cannabis. Yeah. I think you'd have to consume like fifteen hundred pounds. So <laughs> you know, it's it's virtually it is virtually non toxic. I'm not saying that you can't get intoxicated, right? Sure. Because cannabis that's high in THC, 
You that is the it. point there. Yes. Yeah. And you can get very sick. Um, yeah. if you, yeah. anyone who's come to Colorado to mm. visit and we have recreational cannabis here and mm. bought, you know, a brownie or something and, and then ate the whole thing, Oops. They, right. <laughs> feel like they're going to die, but you're not going to die. Uh, yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting. It, it, um, ha the cannabis before it went through prohibition in the 1930s, you could get a prescription for a cannabis based drug and, and go down to the pharmacy and, and, and get your cannabis pharmaceutical. So, you know, it was in the pharmacopoeia pr prior to prohibition as well. Yeah. So what we're, what we're really dealing with is just, uh, which 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 was prohibition to replace prohibition when you get right down to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now we're really going to get into the history lesson. You're right. Yeah. And there was an agenda there. And it's mm. why I don't often refer to uh, a racist agenda. Yes. And that's why I don't call it marijuana, because yeah. they, they were, you know, trying to there was the, the Hispanic, the Hispanic name. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. So I, I call it cannabis as mm -hmm. it's its scientific name. But yes. Yep. Um, so it's it's got a sort of sorted history, but also culturally and for thousands of years is a is considered, you know, a healing plant has been used that way um, by many different people, indigenous oh, cultures. Yeah, yeah. For for years. Uh, and, uh, uh, millennia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ab absolutely. Yeah. It has yeah. been around for a long, long time uh, and has been used uh, for as a medicine right. for thousands and thousands of years, legitimately. Uh, uh, and very quickly, it was fine. And as you said, even available to most Americans until it was prohibited uh, in the 1930s, uh, basically um, after uh, alcohol the alcohol prohibition was repealed and the infrastructure that was created for alcohol prohibition needed a new job to do. Right. I love to that oh, a racist job to do. <laughs> they, they say like, uh, Oh, you, we didn't prohibit it. There were stamps. If anyone who they would give this, um, the marijuana stamp to spelled with an H, um, you know, could, could cultivate or have it, but there were never any stamps to issue. So yeah, they just totally, blocked um cannabis from from its place in our in our history and so now we're we're trying to we're trying to catch up now um and yeah there's a lot of lot of people who use cannabis like my son does to to like for him literally stay alive um uh, I'm sure there are many uses that can be found for CBD uh, beyond just um, uh, to work on seizures. Is it, are, are you finding other medical uses? Yeah, we are. So, you know, the registry that we have collects a lot of a lot of different information where we're looking at anxiety and depression and sleep. Um, we also look at quality of life. Uh, and caregiver burden. Um, that's an interesting, uh, an interesting marker to take a look at because we, it's not just the person who has an illness, it affects the entire family. You know, I know our family just revolves around my son. Yeah. He has, you know, 
certified nursing assistants. He has aides who are helping him. And so if you can reduce uh, that, the burden, I'm making air quotes for everyone because he's not a burden, but it, it's a, it's expensive, right, to the state. It's time consuming and expensive. Yes. Yeah. And stressful and all those things. So we're, we're looking at that as well and health satisfaction. Um, but we're seeing, um, you know, CBD in particular has a several really interesting mechanisms of action. It's, um, we're seeing a lot of people get uh, effective uh, control of their pain, chronic pain. That's actually the number one reason why people are getting in touch with us. Um, it's the largest population we serve is an aging population who are dealing with chronic pain. And so it's a really powerful anti-inflammatory, um, works on the same receptors in the brain that, that perceive pain. So it's really helpful for that. Um, we also have a lot of people who have autoimmune disorders. There's over a hundred I didn't realize there were so many sort of obscure autoimmune disorders that are popping up. Um, and CBD regulates our immune function. It turns mm. it up or turns it down. It's almost, it's like a smart molecule um, on the immune system. So, uh, you know, that's another reason why people are using it. Um, people use it who have cancer and are trying to um, deal with the side effects of cancer treatment. Um, but also there's some really strong cancer, anti-cancer properties to CBD. So it, it causes apoptosis, which is a programmed cell death of the cancer cell. Um, it's anti-angiogenic, just a big word, meaning that it's going to um, prohibit the tumor from getting bigger, like blocks the blood vessels that allow that to happen. Yep. Uh, there's there's just a lot of really different, interesting, 92 actually, that we've documented different mechanisms of, of CBD. So you start to sound like almost like a snake oil salesman if you don't talk about the science behind these molecules, because it's, it is really good for so many different for so many different things. Mm. Um, and there's also some contraindications as well. I mean, you know, if, if people, um, are have dealt with like schizophrenia, for example, in their family or other um, really uh, severe mental health conditions like THC is absolutely something that they should stay away from. That's the psychoactive component of the plant. Right. So I, um, also, if you're on a lot of different pharmaceuticals, you can have potential interactions. That's one thing that realm of caring that our nonprofit really helps people work through. We have a free call center um, where people can reach out, consumers, doctors. In fact, doctors get their, their patients to us. That's our third highest referral source in the call center. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to pretend like, you know, cannabis is the best thing for absolutely everybody for absolutely everything. Um, it's not. Um, there's, there's a few contraindications, obviously, if you're pregnant, you know, these sorts of things. Um, but otherwise, if, if you've, you know, everybody knows someone who has suffered or is suffering and everybody knows someone who has done everything, everything their doctor says to do. And then at that point, what are you, what really, what really are you left with? Yeah, you, have you to still start, need options, right? Yeah, you have to start to look at these sort of natural solutions that, that are available. Um, uh, real quick, uh, Harry Anzlinger is our villain in our previous uh, story, um, but we'll let him go. Just want to make sure everybody remembers that name and curses it. Um, so um, uh, how is uh, the and, and this is relatively new. Um, oh, yes. Because, uh, you know, this was made a schedule one 
uh, drug, uh, I think in the 1960s or early 1970s when the, the DEA was first. Uh, right. Uh, and and um, research then very difficult. That's the other. Yeah. Thing that yeah. Research became impossible uh, to, to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you'll generally that's what you'll hear from your doctor is, you know, this is not FDA approved. Um, there's no research uh, about this. Um, and and basically both of those things aren't true. There are over 24,000 peer reviewed articles um, on on cannabis. Um, the vast majority of the research um, pre previous to the last decade was on harm, right, that they the NIDA a National Institute for Drug Abuse, not drug use, drug abuse is the one that was, you know, responsible for a lot of the research. And so they were, you, you will get what you're looking for in, in research, you know, yep. uh, but there, there's a, there's a lot of really good research and research that's, that continues to come out and we're learning um, more and more about it every day. So how is the scientific community, um, uh, their acceptance level, uh, over the last 10 years? You know, we've seen such a change um, the last 10 years, both um, just in our communities. So just just you and I, just that, you know, the everyday person is really thinking about this differently. And I think that the realm of caring and the children specifically, and, you know, Sanjay Gupta with his sort of award-winning documentary uh, piece that he did called Weed. Um, people are learning to, to look at this plant a little bit different. And, I, and it, I'm so thankful that it, it was and is on the shoulders of, of families like ours that there's, there's just no other ulterior motive here. You know, mm -hmm. it's like we're just parents trying to save our kids. Um, and fortunately, the national media came along and 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 followed us for a few years. And so the the stigma has changed. So for example, the first story that we ever told um, publicly, they called it pot for tots. And you know, they've got open Christian, this mom is conducting a drug deal. And I'm walking into the dispensary, right? And I'm like, oh my, what just happened? You know, they turned this beautiful thing into, they sensationalized it. And all the comments, I had to stop reading the comments. They were absolutely awful. Oh yeah, you were, you were doing awful things to your child. You were experimenting absolutely. on your child. I can, I can imagine. And then we had like a, a Dateline special a couple of years ago that was called like Growing Hope. And it was the same same mamas, right, trying to get legislation enacted to save their kids. They couldn't relocate. So, you know, and they were, as they should be, viewed as heroes. And so that, you know, how we're perceiving this has changed quite a bit. Um, the, the medical establishment mm -hmm. is is wanting more information, which fortunately we're able to give. We're able to give them more more data. Like my son has been using this um you know in a couple of months for nine years now so that's longer than he's used any of mm. these um pharmaceuticals you know that he's used that we actually do know the long-term effects of of you know so i think the medical establishment mm. is coming along um in fact there's pharmaceutical drugs that are being created there's a new cbd drug called epidiolex that was that was created and so that happened after the 
Oh, corporate America right. just needed to get its arms right. around Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So it's, you know, and for me, it's like, uh, I prefer not that that system of the of the white coat and the prescription pad. It did my family much harm for many years. But there's a lot of people who won't access this unless unless it comes via that, you know, unless it comes from the doctor with the prescription pad with the white coat, which is awesome. Like if you need to, if you need to go that route, then go that route. But so because all of that happened in the last 10 years, yep. there's mu there's much greater acceptance. Um, and, uh, and, and people are, are actually getting better, <laughs> you know, which is great. Yeah. And conversely on the guys with the white coats, um, Purdue Pharmaceutical comes to mind, uh, which, you know, uh, is just uh, declared bankruptcy uh, for mm -hmm. opiating the entire nation. Um, so, you know, there there is not a panacea to, uh, to how we get uh, right. a solution uh, here. And sometimes um, those who think they are doing mm. right are wrong. And sometimes those who we mm. think are doing wrong are right. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, you know, a 50 plus year on what we call yeah. the war on drugs um, has um, negatively affected our society, maybe more so than helped our society in in some ways. Um, uh, and, and and not to go down the the, the road of, of politics or or the the fact that um, you know all drugs are good uh, and that is not the case. Um, it's you know, first of all, everything should be open to um, scientific uh, research uh, and peer review uh, to get the full story. And, and, and that's a constant ongoing thing. Uh, science does not work in black and whites. Uh, it's constantly evolving. Uh, and um, but it, it, you can't verbote something and say no. Uh, and especially for reasons, as we've already discovered, the, that why marijuana or cannabis was um, was uh, made illegal in the first place, uh, and and put into a, a ridiculous category, which then makes your entire argument, um, uh, you know, unsustainable long term uh, for those those reasons. So it, you know, we we've broken these chains here in in the last ten years, uh, certainly with with cannabis, uh, and it has become mainstream. Uh, you know, I live in California, and you know, I in fact. I live uh, in just outside of San Francisco, and whenever we drive into San Francisco, the entire place smells like pot, uh, uh, which is kind of fun. It's a, if you like the pot, smell of pot, it's it's not bad. But but at the same time, you know, I, you know, I get it. Uh, the the Protestant work ethic and and you know what America was built up from and how that does uh, affect that. But you know, we don't live in that world anymore. Uh, and, um, you know, so recreational uh, uh, cannabis is now available. Um, I suspect will be uh, nationalized uh, here very shortly. Uh, and that will uh, allow more and more research to uh, to occur. And um, you guys yeah, are on I the mean, forefront. Really, the scheduling needs to change. Uh, we feel like it should be descheduled uh, as opposed to um, rescheduled, but we'll take rescheduling just so that more research can happen. Um, and when we have that, then then we're able to educate appropriately, which is you know which is another tenant of realm of caring, making sure that people are receiving um, yeah. unbiased and proper education. And so we use 
um, the registry and also the data that we've collected over the years from our call center. We have over 5 million data points. Then we're just able to educate people with just the facts. I like to say that this like cannabis isn't a religion. You don't have to believe, you know, it's that we, we can actually look at the data. <laughs> um, and, and we had to collect all of these stories in a way where they were scientifically valid because the story matters to me um, uh, more than anything, actually. But I do know that that, that has yeah. to translate into some sort of data. And then we can build community around this, mm -hmm. which is really what Realm of Caring is about, is, is, is community, is bringing everyone together, particularly those, you know, our population are those who um, are dealing with life-limiting conditions, meaning they've They've been sick for a really long time, you know, and how can we help them uh, have a better life? Mm -hmm. And and then we're able to also give grants to families. So insurance companies don't cover this yet. That's one of the reasons also why we're collecting all of this data is I want to make the economic indicator case, Money Talks. So how can we show them that we're actually, people are actually saving insurance companies and Medicaid, and Medicare money um, through these plant-based therapies. And so we've given close to $3 million back to families to offset the cost of a therapy that their insurance company doesn't pay for. So that's that. Those are that's the good work that Rub of Caring is doing. Um, and we do that, you know, in great part to honor, to continue to honor Charlotte's legacy, who to me was the North Star for us. So she you know, she kicked this thing off. Her parents were brave enough to make this decision. Um, and that made it so much easier for me to make my decision and then to collect all of this data so that it's easier for others to make their decision. And then it's just this really virtuous cycle where we can help more people, collect more data, educate more people, give more money. Um, and and that is, that's just the beautiful cycle that's the realm of caring. Well, let's let's talk mm -hmm. about your North Star here, um, Charlotte. Um, uh, on April seventh, uh, coming up, uh, you're um, uh, 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 you're you're going to run an event, yes, uh, called Rock the Rock, uh, and April seventh is the one year anniversary of Charlotte's passing. Um, uh, talk a little bit about about Charlotte. Yes, for um, I would I would love to. So um, Charlotte started using um, cannabis when she was five. Um, very, very severe condition. Um, by the time they started using CBD, her she was being fed through a tube. Um, she was in ox on oxygen. She wasn't, you know, walking. Um, and uh, her condition improved greatly, 99.9% seizure reduction. Wow. She got, can, can I add something here? Uh, I, I believe she's a twin, right? And she's a, she's a twin, her sister Chase. Yeah. They're so you could actually see the two grow up together. Yes. Uh, and, and one having this severe um, uh, disability and the other perfectly healthy. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. So it was a quite a contrast um, between Chase and, and Charlotte. Um, and, you know, Charlotte, um, had very delayed development. So she, she really didn't say much, <laughs> um, and she didn't have to, um, in the original days when I talked about all the families moving here and they, uh, 
you know, the media called them medical refugees. Uh, we would bonfire at Paige's house. Um, so Paige and, and um, her dad, Matt, were just, I mean, the, just the, they're the most amazing family. They're my real life personal heroes. And they would invite, they'd invite folks over and we would, we would have a bonfire and we would listen to music and we would help each other. And I would, you know, grab someone's kid who just fell and had a seizure. And like, I, like, I'm a pro at this. I'm good. You yeah. finish your drink, right? And I'm going to um, love on the baby. Um, and so it was just this really, just this really beautiful thing. And, um, and, and Charlotte um, passed away in April. Um, the whole family was very, very sick in, in March. And they believe I, I, I've read, is it COVID related or not COVID related? I, I couldn't they, they figure that quite out. They believed it was COVID. You have to think back that there wasn't appropriate testing at this time. So they right. were pretty sick for that whole. Yeah. You're, you're in the first month of this being a, a big, big problem here in the States. Yeah. They, we, they didn't have a positive test that says it was COVID, but they had all of the symptoms. The whole house was very, very sick. Um, mm. And then um, she had a, a big seizure on uh early that morning on on april 7th and um just didn't make it out of that she went into cardiac arrest and they you know got her to the hospital and and later um later that day um she passed away and i was texting with paige and everything was locked down so we couldn't get like into the room and so i asked her you know, which way her room was facing and um, brought my blanket and brought my bag and had my mask and just planned on camping out. I planned on staying as until someone kicked me off the helicopter pad at the hospital. And I texted her to see if she could see me. Um, she's like, yeah, I can see you. I couldn't see her because of, you know, she's way up there or whatever. And you can't see the other way through the glass, but she could see me. And so I just didn't want her, I just couldn't have my soul sister be there by herself, right, as this was occurring. And so, um, yeah, Charlotte passed away on April 7th. And um, like in our community, she's everybody's kid. And so it was just so, it's just so absolutely devastating for for our community and mm. we have not had a chance to come together and mourn and so I a want lot of people have not had a chance to come together and mourn and and that's the other thing so through the process of doing this so i i started working on this um with a really vibrant creative beautiful team um last September, we really hit the ground running in October. So we've been working on this a while. And as I continue to reach out to families, and as we continue to sort of, what I say is curate the playlist is really what we did here is what were the songs that will um, be a balm for the morning heart. And I know that it's not just our community, there were so, so many people who faced so much loss this last year. Mm -hmm. And so even if you don't know Charlotte or you're not inspired by cannabis, um, but you could take, you know, just leave the plant, this concert is going to be so inspiring and uplifting just for the, 
for if you faced loss this last year, you ha you have to show up to this because every song was picked um, to to tend to that heart. Um, and so, super super proud of the of the lineup. We are a, we're a very small grassroots nonprofit trying to do big things. So that this lineup to me is just like. Oh my gosh! I'm just well. Let's, let's let's talk a little bit about that. So it's Rock the Rock. That's R O C K T H E R O C for Realm of Caring dot org. Yes. Uh, you can uh, go there and uh, and pick up a ticket. It is on April seventh, uh, uh, and I believe it's uh, eight o'clock Eastern. Is that right? Yep. Uh, okay, five yep. o'clock Western, and and we're we're worldwide. So uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know, go from GMT and, and yeah. figure it out from there. On sort of. um on rocktheroc.org that you can add it to your calendar. So it'll put it right in your time zone and and tickets are free. So yeah. you can RSVP, um, you just put your email address in. Um, but also there's no cost to this. We we do have a Kickstarter um that we that we started and it would be great if you if if anyone wanted to contribute to the Kickstarter. Um, I don't tell know. everybody where they can find that uh, same thing. It's it's on um, rocktheroc.org and they would just click the Kickstarter and the merchandise there is artwork that's done by Shepherd Fairies Studio Number One. So if you know of, you know, of of him, um, his studio is the one that's done. Uh, Obama comes to mind. But yes, exactly. Yeah, um, that's exactly right. And so, um, you know, they've even done a poster for our event and it's a, it's a limited edition. So that's one of the things on the Kickstarter. Um, I'm happy I was the first one to get one. <laughs> so there's only a, a few of those that we're going to print. So yes, we do have a Kickstarter to help with the with the cost of this, and then also yeah, I think you're looking for fifteen thousand total. Was that to, so? That our Kickstarter's for fifty. Mm -hmm. Fifty thousand is what we're. Oh, fifty. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Yes, and then you know any additional funds is is how we we're a very traditional nonprofit, and we haven't actually been able to have an event in a year and a half. Yeah, um, right. Because of COVID. So, yeah. uh, you know, which is how we we usually fund ourselves. And so we want to be able to, you know, continue the good work that we're doing. So let's talk about who's going to be there. The Avid brothers started off. Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, this is a band that um, music has saved me a lot of a lot of times over the years. And so um, we, uh, I have a, a close relationship with Bob um, Crawford, who's the bassist with the Avett brothers. Um, and so we have a couple of very special songs for our community and also that um, the family that Paige and, and Chase especially had for, um, for Charlotte. So we have, we do have the Avett brothers and also um, Jason Mraz. Um, yep. MC Flow actually wrote a song for Charlotte. So that that will definitely be one of the songs. They performed that in Red Rocks a couple of years ago called Oh Charlotte. And then he's he's contributed um, some additional songs. Um, also, we do have a special um, guest, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Um, so he we really are thankful to him for his coverage of, of this over the years. So he's joining us as well um michael Fox. let's 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 dive into sanjay here real quick yeah, and we'll sure. come back to the lineup because sanjay gupta is um kind of a fulcrum 
of of this uh, this movement. Um, uh, I think it's fair to say that at first he would be uh, a skeptic. Yeah, for for sure. Um, he definitely was, and it was one of the originally before we before we started building all of our programs and services at Realm of Caring, Paige and I actually, what, what we thought maybe would just be best is if we could just tell the story nationally um, from someone who was, you know, um, a skeptic, someone who was um, maybe even anti, and then if they could just do a good job of story, telling the story, we could just probably, we thought maybe we could just go live our lives. We could just take our kids and live our lives. Um, he'll he'll little, take it from here. <laughs> little did we know, yeah. And so, um, yeah, he came out and um, and spent a lot of time with the families and looking at, looking at the research, you know, particularly the research from Israel and other countries where they're using this as a part of their medical system. And so, after looking at the research, after spending time with the families, after talking with researchers, you know, he changed his mind about it. And he actually came out, he had a statement where he was like, I, I apologize for, you know, sort of systematically and systemically, you know, leading people to believe that this was, you know, not that this was not good for you and that there was no research and that it was all a farce. Um, so that that has been what when did that occur i i remember that being a fairly significant news item it was august of 2013 and since then he almost every year has released a, another special um so yeah we joke that it'll be like weed number 87 <laughs> you know um, because there's still like a, unlimited potential to the plant you know um but yeah i i we're just we're so thankful. Um, there's nothing like the edification. Um, it was the same thing like when the pharmaceutical came out for epilepsy. It, it's edification of, well, yeah, like that's what we've been saying. You know what I mean? And so when you've got someone like that, um, it's just, it's, it, it's really, it's really helpful. And mm -hmm. it's very satisfying that we're able to move things forward. So we're thankful to have him. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's high profile enough that uh, um, other skeptics uh, would take notice. Uh, and you know, uh, he's got a very good reputation, um, um, and uh, uh, you know, he is is you know a, a science based practitioner, uh, yeah. and everything needs to start from there. Uh, and that's what's you know allowed him to maintain a you know a, a class A reputation uh, yeah. while while discussing. Uh, sensitive uh issues uh, you know especially yeah. on a on a news channel which let's face it is uh, you know a politically driven news channel uh, and so uh, to have a voice like that must have been really really huge and it helped you know the rest of uh, those that uh, are looking for legalized uh cannabis in whatever form that may be um to to move that ball forward i i think it i think we can all agree that uh you know this this being a schedule one drug is like the most ridiculous thing that we we can think of these days uh even though you know we were presented uh, as youngsters as uh oh no this is you you don't understand how ultimately dangerous this, mm -hmm. this really is 
which um you know causes a lot of um consternation over uh you know belief and history and uh you know what we're told uh from from the media and 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 leadership uh out there uh and um uh, it undercuts uh, the overall argument of this you know this uh, 50 plus year war on drugs uh which is which is not good so um uh so uh having uh sanjay gupta in there is definitely a, a big thing uh i noticed uh michael Fronte is also going to be joining you, one of my favorites uh, out yeah. there. Yeah, mine too. And Ruthie Foster. Who, Ruthie like, Foster, it, right? Yeah, her voice is just incredible. And then we did just this last week, we had Glenn Phillips out and um, Glenn Phillips of Toad the Wet Sprocket. He, mm. he came out for the private memorial that we did. So just family, we did get together with with just the immediate family for the memorial service. And he came out for that and um, sang at the bonfire and, you know, gave us some songs. And, and so he's been phenomenal. So uh, Glenn Phillips, Graham Nash, like who, who said Graham Nash, I know. Graham Nash. Like, oh, uh, yeah. so he's a new, he's one of those. Didn't he win? Uh, he won the best new artist at the Grammys uh, Sunday night. Right. <laughs> I'm like two time, two time rock and roll hall of famer. Two time rock and roll. Yeah. Uh let's yeah, Graham, Graham actually could probably almost get in on his own, but uh, but yes, with um uh, the Hollies first, uh and uh, and and CSN uh, yeah. NY, yes. Yeah. Um Molly Tuttle mm -hmm. um is another just a really beautiful voice. And then um Wesley Schultz of the Lumineers, um, Sarah Jaros. And then uh, Johnny Swim. I don't know if you. Um, yeah. Or, um, yeah. Or how, how Corey Glover. Um, and, that's yeah. a pretty big one. Yeah. Yeah. Corey Glover, um, The Warren Treaty, um, MC Flow, I've mentioned, Jeffrey Gaines, Chris Trapper. Nora Brown is a banjo player. I, you guys have not heard of her yet. Um, we, we ran her by folks who really understand music, and she is like, she's the next thing this this little girl she's 15 she's absolutely incredible she doesn't play like current music she like goes to the like the appellation yeah <laughs> learns yeah. from it's like she's a she's amazing and so then, she's the she's the next uh chris Thiele, uh, uh who, who you know was a prodigy on mandolin i'm just uh, like thrilled. i'm so yes i'm so thrilled um mm. to introduce her if for those who who have not do do not know who she is and then um reed uh fail and, and johnny helm are the last um are the last two so we've We've got a really great lineup, so many great songs. Um, yeah, the, the, again, like the, the playlist that's been curated that's gonna help people to heal after this last year is what I'm so excited about. Yeah, I believe you're also having the governor uh, attend, uh, Governor Polis, right? Of yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, he created a Charlotte's Day. Um, if yes. He reached out after she passed away and went through the process to um, have a proclamation set. So April seventh, and it's like from this day and forevermore, it says, um, will be uh, Charlotte Figgy Day. So he was he was able to get that accomplished for us. And yeah, so this this first year, we hope that this will be 
um, something that can recur every year. Um, yeah. This is our sort of, uh, you know, our flagship event and that this is the first inaugural. Um, and so this first year, we definitely wanted to have it on Charlotte Figgy Day. And we want the world to be introduced to her if they if they don't know who she is, um, but also the movement she inspired. It's it has become she's like that, you know, that stone that falls in the water and that creates yeah. the waves. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, so uh, let me ask you, the Stanley brothers who created the uh, the CBD strain, uh, Charlotte's Web, named after Charlotte. Um, uh are, is that strain available outside of Colorado? So Charlotte's Web is the product. Mm -hmm. um, so they um, that's an important uh, distinction for them. So um, it's not a strain, but it is a product. Um, and it's available. Yeah, they're also the presenting sponsor for, for this event. So we're very, very thankful um, to them. Uh, and... Um, and other sponsors uh, that we've had as well. And yes, um, Charlotte's Web is available outside of Colorado. You can just order it. You just order it online. Because it's CBD, um, so there's no THC in it, right? Right. Yeah, it's hemp-based. Um, so there's very low levels of THC, mm -hmm. um, less than 0.3%, um, which is what classifies it as hemp. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, yeah, just... It's like if you were to, you know, it's different, obviously, than hemp oil from the grocery store or hemp seeds, but it doesn't have any more THC than than foodstuffs. So, yeah. All right. And then um, you, you you mentioned several times plant-based medicine. Are we talking more than just cannabis? No, no. Uh, Realm of Caring focuses on- Strictly cannabis. Um, Strictly cannabis, yeah. Okay. I thought I saw there is uh, Unlimited Sciences, a psychedelic research and awareness nonprofit. How does that tie in? Yeah, so that is... Because that's the uh, next step. Well... Maybe maybe it's, not it's for, for uh, seizures, <laughs> but for right. other medical purposes. Yeah, it, it is it is the next step. Unlimited Sciences is a nonprofit um, that I uh, co-founded with a couple of colleagues a co two years ago to study psychedelics. And our first study um, is on psilocybin um, or magic mushrooms. So we already have three thousand um, people enrolled in this in this study. Yeah. And Unlimited Sciences is a sister organization of, of Realm of Caring. Yeah. Another, so, another Schedule One drug, by the way. Uh, yeah. Um, yes, another another one that's actually making its way through um, the FDA as well. I mean, they've um, designated it a special designation that allows for research to be done more quickly. Um, and they're looking at it with uh, PTSD. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's, um, yeah, there's and some end of life caring, uh, addiction. There's there, um, you know, Michael Pollan just uh, wrote a book uh, not too long ago about uh, you know re you know revisiting this uh, uh, and and looking yeah. at its uh, uh, health properties. And like we discussed with cannabis, this is another um, uh, uh, natural um, medicine that's been around for thousands of years. Yeah, there's, you know, there's definitely this mental health crisis that is happening 
in our country. And it is compounding every day that we do not look for innovative solutions. And so that's, for me, that's what I always want to be a part of. I want to um, create organizations that help improve lives, um, that look outside of the box, that recognize, uh, hey, Houston, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we need to be we need to be looking for solutions to help people. So uh, yeah, Unlimited Sciences was a is another passion project of mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> so where do you hope a realm of caring will go? We're going to continue on with with the work that we've been getting accomplished um, since 2012. We're going to do more research. Um, we're going to educate, and we're going to continue to build community and make sure that people have access to to cannabinoid products. Uh, we'll continue on that way. We we have a really huge initiative right now with the data. So we've uh, been collecting data for a long time from many different uh, sources. And so we're, we're trying to make sense of those 5 million data points right now so that we can, that we can um, educate. Uh, So that's, that's one of our, our big initiatives right now is to, is to sort that out. Wow. This is a a big sea change. Uh, And um, I can't thank you enough for leading the charge uh, on this. Uh, and it is sad that it has to, uh, you know, begin and with, 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 with the, the passing of, of, a, of a beautiful young girl, uh, and you know, the other issues that occur with families like yourselves, uh, and the inability to get the help that they, uh, they need. Um, it's, um, uh, you know, you mentioned mental health in this country, and, um, I think we need to reflect on what, the causes might be um, uh, within the society itself to create such um, difficulties uh, in many, many forms, uh, and this being one. Uh, and uh, what you know, what you guys are doing. First of all, I, I applaud you as parents to stand up. Uh, and it is, you know, um, uh, mama bears get out there in front of the man and say, no, we're not going to take it, uh, to use a rock and roll term there. <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, and then to, uh, you know, to continue on, uh, and, uh, and create a, uh, uh you know, organization that, um, uh, is going to, uh, help so many other families, uh, around the world. Uh, and at the same time, um, you know, maybe get uh, government to look at things a little differently. Uh, let the science be the science. Uh, and, you know, we'll all take our cues from there first and foremost, um, not from our preconceived notions uh, might be the way uh, to, 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 to look at this. So with that, Heather Jackson, thanks so much for, for being with us on Deeper Digs. And uh, I look forward to uh, being there on April 7th and, uh, and watching uh, Rock the Rock again. That's R-O-C-K-T-H-E-R-O-C dot org. Thanks, Christian, for having me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you on April 7th. On the verge of a breakdown Back in her hometown Never thought she'd settle down In a place like this Cold coffee on the back porch Wooden chair rocking back and forth Now she wonders how it all went down Back in her 
Most people never left Found a job and filled in the rest Never got around to leaving the nest Holding on and not let go But that path just wasn't for her She got out faster than the fireworks Never took time to slow it down Now she's back in her hometown Looking out at the cedars and the oaks The morning dove sings beneath the sky of blue Okay, hey, let's hear it for Heather Jackson uh, and Realm of Caring. Uh, and please look up and give a nod to Charlotte Feige. Join in on all the fun on April 7th, 2021 at rocktherock.org. That's R-O-C-K-T-H-E-R-O-C.org uh, for a free ticket. I mean, man, what more could you uh, you not want for, uh, for some uh, easy entertainment? You know who's going to be there. Um, go check it out. It'll, it'll be fun. Uh, guarantee it. All right, so, um, you know, as uh, we discussed uh, in the interview uh, and I uh, made uh, some poking fun at, um, uh, the war on drugs, I I think, is definitely worth a subject to to talk about. And let's face it, that is, uh, uh, you know, completely enmeshed in uh, rock culture, uh, for good or bad. Um, uh, You know, uh, this, this ridiculousness that we have been dealing with, for 50 plus years, um, it's just, it's just not worth it. Economically, it's not worth it. Um, look at our, our prison population. Um, you know, while we can have a legitimate fact-based science-based discussion on drug, drug use, um, uh, and it's, uh, pluses and minuses, um, you know, uh, what has occurred for the last 50 years is an abject, utter failure, period. End it now. We have to do something else. Otherwise, hey, we're fucking insane, right? Because that is the definition, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And that's not going to happen. You know, first of all, uh, um, cannabis, uh, and yes, I will always use that term from now on, cannabis it's just that was ridiculous from the start. It's racist and it's ridiculous now. Um, a federal law needs to remove it off schedule one immediately. And, um, you know, if cigarettes and alcohol are fully legalized and permitted, I can't understand why marijuana isn't. Um, and I'd put psychedelics right in there, right behind it as well. Um, these things are recreational, can main, remain recreational with little harm. Uh, you know, uh, there's an education that's probably needed, certainly with psychedelics, there's an education needed before you go diving in. Uh, call me, I'll, I'll grant you uh, the, uh, all the, uh, the, the, the set and setting requirements to uh, have a good trip. Um, but more, more than anything else is it's, it's not a criminal issue. It's, it's a healthcare issue, okay? Um, so many other societies have navigated this far more successfully than we have. And I'm so sick and tired of the American way believing that it's the one and only way. 
uh, after you know incontrovertible uh, evidence to the contrary for decades. Um, that's just fucking stupid. Uh, and we need to be smart. If, if we're going to be the leaders of the free world, step one is to be smart. So, you know, we, we definitely need to do something about that. And it's just, I just don't, I really don't get it. I, I don't. I mean, you know, yeah, I've engaged uh, in, in drugs. I've seen some people taken down by drugs. There's no two ways about it. But had they been given, you know, a, a, a health care uh, prescription to uh, address those needs, um, there'd probably be a lot more people alive today. And I guarantee you there'd be a lot less people in jail uh, today. Uh, and, you know, we, we have uh, some of the worst numbers in prison population uh, in the world. Uh, you know, we jail more of our people per capita than any other country. <laughs> Imagine that. So, look, um, it starts with cannabis. Um, and, you know, we need to look at each one of these um, you know, no, I'm not suggesting heroin should be allowed on the streets and oh, the kids should be allowed to go get it or that. Um, and besides, who the fuck needs that when you have pharma uh, out uh, hawking, you know, a pill version called Oxycontin or, um, um, you know, other opioids? Uh, you know, they just wanted to keep the money for themselves. Um, but, you know, th th these drugs need to be looked at scientifically. They need to be kept in the healthcare system and its abuse needs to be looked at not as a moral failing but as a health care concern all right that's my soapbox um i so hope that you guys are going to be at uh charlotte's memorial service in this great concert april 7th 2021 8 p.m eastern time rock the rock r-o-c-k-t-h-e-r-o-c.org Wow. It's going to be cool. It's going to be fun. I learned a lot. I, 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 hey, look, I'll tell you, I was a skeptic on CBD. I've been approached by that stuff for a long time. And, you know, I don't know. Is it psychosomatic? Uh, is it a placebo? Uh, you know, but all I know, at least with this discussion, is that it worked for this little girl. Uh, and I, I don't care if it was a placebo or not um, to make her life short as it was. Uh, bearable for a, a while. Um, how do you scoff at that? All right. Okay. I um, I will be back with a couple more shows at least. We'll see where this goes. Uh, again, I don't know how long I'm going to keep up the deeper digs thing. Um, but um, yeah, you guys let me know. All right. Uh, until then, <laughs> you all know what to do. Keep up the rocking. I wake up in the morning at six o'clock. They say there may be rain, but the sun is hot I wish I had some time just to kill today And I wish I had a dime for every bill I got to pay Some days you lose and win And the water's as high as the time's over So I jump back in the way I learned to swim Try to keep my head above it the best I can That's why here I am Just waiting for this storm to pass me by
Deeper Digs is hosted by Christian Swain. Produced by Christian Swain and Peter Ferrioli. Sound designed by Busy Signal Studios. Engineered by Jerry Danielson, Christy O'Donnell, and Leslie Barker. Find all of our shows, notes, and social links at PantheonPodcast.com. Contact us on social at Pantheon Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Tweet us at Pantheon Pods. All songs can be found used in this podcast for purchase or streaming wherever you get your great music. Please pick up these amazing tracks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.